Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. And welcome to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily throughout the Fruited Plains as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. And it's because of people like you that our republic will remain free and our nation will remain great. Hey, it's a great day in the USA. And I want to thank again all of you uh, for coming along with us here uh on this day we're not far away from our nation's birthday uh we will celebrate american independence on the 4th of july and friends uh i tell all of you i'm telling all of you go get if you don't have an american flag get one fly it loud fly it proud uh throughout the fruited plains and uh all of you who are traveling through times square want to remind you that as you're traveling through times square be sure to look up above ripley's believe it or not and right there above ripley's believe it or not you will see there in times Square, the CL Bryant show on the Red State Talk billboard every hour. It pops up there, and OCL's face is looking right back at you. Go to our website, uh, com. Download free the CL Bryant show app onto your favorite device. All of the shows are cataloged right there. Well, friends, you've heard us say it. Year in and year out, the five years that we've been doing radio, beginning regionally in uh, my home state of Louisiana and now uh, nationally and, of course, globally around uh, the globe on uh, our various platforms, that this election, you've heard the words, is one of the most important that we will ever experience in American history. And you know what? Unfortunately, the way our dire straits as far as our nation, the direction that it is uh, headed, is, is turning out, every election is becoming more and more important as the years go by. And certainly state elections fall into that category. And all of you know that I'm from the great state of Louisiana. Very proud to be born and bred in Louisiana. My roots run deep into the soil. My next guest is a native son, of course, of our great nation, America, but he's also a native son of Louisiana. He is a candidate for governor 
of our great state here in Louisiana. But he began his life in Alto, uh, Louisiana, and uh, veterinary medicine was his first uh, degree. And then he got a medical degree from uh, LSU Go Tigers. And he is, in fact, someone who has sponsored a bill that will deal with illegal immigration in our nation as well. He is actively engaged in the politics of our nation by serving as United States Congressman from the 5th District of Louisiana. Help me welcome for the first time, and I'm certain it won't be the last, to the show, Ralph Abraham. Thank you so much for being on with me. How are you, friend? Oh, thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being on with us, Dr. Abraham, Congressman Abraham. And I I want to kick off our, our conversation here today by talking about our state. Uh, you know as well as I do it's a fantastic state, but unfortunately uh, we're losing our brain trust. Our young people are leaving. Why is that happening and what can we do about it? Oh, you're exactly right. We've all lost almost 70,000 uh, permanent Louisiana residents in the last three years for the simple fact that our legal climate and our tax climate is horrific, and uh, we have none of the good jobs left. Everybody's moving to Texas, to Mobile, to Knoxville, to Florida, and anywhere but here, and that's a tragedy uh, because we do have a great state. And it is. And Gov- uh, Governor Abraham, uh, Ralph, tell us this. Uh, is Louisiana currently business friendly? And that, that's that's the rap against Louisiana. I've talked to businessmen all over this country almost every month, and most of them will say that what you've just described, the tax base and all of that, even the movie industry, all of that. They tell me that Louisiana, for whatever reason, does not appear to be business friendly. Is that accurate? What can we do about it? Well, it is accurate, unfortunately. Uh, You just saw a couple of weeks ago, U.S. News and World Report came out with its uh, annual report. And for the third consecutive year, Louisiana is 50th out of 50th for everything that's important. And that does include fiscal responsibility and it does include legal climate. It includes taxes. And to your point, it includes job opportunity and business-friendly environment. Again, we should be in the top tier. We've got the natural treasures of the world. We've got the oil and gas, the agriculture. We've got a unique culture, and we've got wonderful people. But those wonderful people have to have a job. And right now, our unemployment is far higher than the rest of the nation. When we look at our largest city and uh, most populous city in our state, New Orleans, it is uh, labeled by, of course, progressive liberals as a sanctuary city. When folks think about Louisiana, they certainly don't think about a state that would have a sanctuary city in it. You have passed and or at least you're working on legislation now that will actually stymie that type of designation. Talk to us about your House bill. Well, absolutely. Look, this particular House bill stops uh, federally funded money from going to sanctuary cities. Uh, Again, this is a, uh, you know, an arena that we've got to get a handle on. This particular Governor Edwards and his allies have opposed every attempt to stop sanctuary cities in Louisiana because they don't want to offend their open border Democrats. 
But let me tell you, this is a public safety issue. It's a national security issue. I've been to the border. I know what comes in as far as the drugs, the uh, horrific human trafficking. And where do these people go? Well, they go into sanctuary cities because they know they will be protected by the city and, in our case, the state government. It's, it's got to stop. And certainly, as your congressman, I'm working hard on the federal level to make that happen. But as governor of Louisiana, I will shut that down day one. There are some common sense uh, ideas and things that you have pushed forward that I am certainly on board with. And uh, one of the things that I was speaking to uh, uh, one of our, our supporters, and he said, we make our children and we have our children rather uh, vaccinated before they go into public school. Yet we allow into our nation now people who we don't know and who have not uh, been vetted as far as their medical background is concerned. This is the question for you as Dr. Abraham Doctor, are, is it real, is it a, a reality that there are diseases that may come across our borders that could affect us in an adverse way? Or are we being hysterical about something that uh, is not actually true? You tell us your uh, version of that story. Oh, I, I won't tell you my version. I'll tell you the facts. And it, you're not being hysterical. There are diseases coming across the southern border now that, are directly affecting our public health, are affecting our children and grandchildren. Again, I can talk hours on particular diseases. I will mention one, and that's tuberculosis. Uh, nobody speaks about these de- diseases, so I'm glad it's a great question that are coming into this country. And, uh, you know, we go back to the national security level. Uh, you know, we've got to, we can't get on board an airline with a pair of fingernail clippers. But you can come through our open borders with a backpack that's not even checked or that particular person, adult or child, is not even vetted by a physician as to whether they do have a contagious disease. It's crazy. we got to stop that. The president, of course, is imposing sanctions or has threatened to impose sanctions on Mexico, and he does want them to beef up and step up to the plate and help us with the problem that we're having. My, uh, I've met with the president on a couple of occasions, interviewed him once myself, and uh, this is something that I, I am on board with. And I want to ask you, uh, what type of job, how is the president doing on this issue? It is certainly one that is controversial among the progressive liberals, but how does uh, how's he shaping up as far as his uh, attitude toward uh, securing our borders? Look, I'm behind this president 110 percent on everything he does, but on the border issue, he is slam dunk right. Uh, we have got to build the wall. We have got to have more ICE agents. We have got to have more border patrol agents. We have got to only allow people through into this country through ports of entry. And if we don't do that, and right now, unfortunately, we're not because these liberal Democrats are opposing everything this president wants to do as far as securing that border, then it's going to be Katie bar the door down there. We also know that our country has become energy independent. Here in Louisiana, folks, uh, we are, that's our lifeblood. Louisiana, oil and gas is our lifeblood. Like you, uh, Ralph, 
I grew up on the family farm, and I still, Jane and I still own uh, uh, most of the family farm down in Grand Cane. And, of course, oil and gas is huge in DeSoto Parish. This is the thing that I want to ask you now. Why is it that those who are in office in the state of Louisiana cannot release the stranglehold on the liberating uh, tool that we have at our disposal, which is oil and gas? Why? Why? are oil and gas companies being pummeled by uh, frivolous lawsuits to begin with. Can we actually reverse that type of trend? Would you reverse that type of trend as governor? Absolutely. On day one, I'll reverse that trend. But the reason it's happening now is because you got a governor that's a trial lawyer. So what he's doing is just uh, basically feeding the fish uh, the other trial lawyer groups that are decimating, to your point, our oil and gas industry. These legacy lawsuits are to the point where if they even think they'd be in the oil and gas industry, think of drilling a well, they're going to be hammered with a multitude of suits within the first week or two of trying to find that oil or gas reservoir. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate. Again, we have as much or more oil and gas reserves as Texas. But Texas is booming. They have a 1,000 people a day moving into their state because their economy is so good. We have hundreds of people moving out every day because our economy is so bad. And to your point, oil and gas is still the big dog in the room as far as an, as an employment. But it is losing ground every day because of this trial lawyer governor that we have and his cronies that are uh, suing these oil companies into oblivion. You know, folks, uh, we're on with United States House of Representative Ralph Abraham, also candidate for governor of the great state of Louisiana. And I want uh, you all to to hear what he has to say to this next question, because I've asked I've asked all types of candidates who've been on this show, this question. And uh, the people always want to hear this from any candidate from whatever part of the country uh, that they are uh, living in. They want to hear this question. Ralph, why do you want the job? Why do you want the job? I am tired of losing. I still have faith in this state. I have faith in its people. And I know that we can do so much better in last place in every category. Look, I've got grandchildren now, certainly the children that are leaving this state, leaving and not coming back. It's just to the point where we have got to get education, economic growth, better jobs. And as the governor myself, being committed to growing jobs and lowering taxing, and who's not afraid to fight for our priorities, we can make sure that those children and grandchildren do stay here in this state. I'm all on board with our children and my children. My son lives down in Baton Rouge, uh, but my daughters, they live elsewhere. And uh, friends, the reason they live elsewhere is because they cannot uh, get adequate 
employment uh, and income from the jobs that they they have. And I know that Louisiana can provide that if we have the determination to do so. If someone is inclined to help you with your campaign, where do they go? How do they do that? Ralph Abraham. We would definitely appreciate it. Uh, and again, that's the way we win election with just good grassroots effort. Abrahamforgovernor.com, uh, all one word, of course. And uh, they can see where we stand, how we stand, where we plant our flag, how we defend our flag, and how they can donate. Ralph, continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. This won't be the last time, I am certain of it, uh, good Lord willing, that you are on our show. And and having said that, too, folks, let me say this uh, as well. All of you know that uh, you're going to get a good dose of uh, of the idea and the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ on this show as well. Ralph is unashamed and unabashed. Uh, uh, a Christian and a man of faith. And I certainly uh, thank you for being on with me. And I look forward to talking to you again. Godspeed in your campaign. And again, thank you, Ralph Abraham. We'll talk to you in just a couple of weeks. We'll talk to you again. I will thank you. And uh, God bless your listeners. And God bless this great nation. Thank you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant show on with me. There was Ralph Abraham, candidate for governor in the great state of Louisiana. And he currently serves as United States House of Representative District five there in Washington, D.C. In the short time that we were on with him, uh, he laid out uh, very clearly why he wants to run for governor, why he is running for governor and. And what is necessary to turn Louisiana around. And, of course, we will have on equal time with anybody else who uh, wants to come on. would certainly love to get John Bell on uh, the show. Not saying that that's going to happen, but I certainly want it to happen so that we can hear what John Bell has to say in response to those who are uh, his critics. I am along. I'm, I'm among them. I'm among them. I know Louisiana can be a better state than it has been. It must be. Or we will be last. We will be the tail and not the head. When we And that's just so ridiculous because we have the natural resources that can actually propel us into a leadership position in this nation if we can break the stranglehold that has stymied our growth in this state. That may be happening to you wherever you are. You saw what happened when the president rolled back the regulations to business in this country. We'll be back in just a few minutes to talk more about it. Star Parker will be coming up at the bottom of the hour. Star will be talking to me about reparations and uh, her center of urban renewal and education that she founded Cure when I return. Don't go away.
Pirate State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. And I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation daily right here over Red State, Red State Encore Talk Radio, the largest talk platform in the nation. Also, I want to thank Loving Liberty for having us on as well as part of their family and all the rest of you terrestrial stations who replay the show uh, through Throughout the day in rerun. Hey, um, America, you know, you should know that uh, our nation's birthday is at hand next week. And we must, at this point in time, look forward to celebrating 243 years of independence. Independence Day is what it is. And it's celebrated, folks, on the 4th of July. We're not celebrating the 4th of July. Fourth of July, uh, it could be the 5th of July. It could be any, any. So it's not the 4th of July that we're celebrating. I want you to correct uh, that flaw in speech that you may have when you're talking about our nation's birthday. We're celebrating the birth of a nation. Yeah, we're celebrating the birth of America. And even though you have many people who enjoy the fruits of America, who like to denigrate uh, the success story that I talk about every day, the greatest success story the world has ever known. They want to denigrate it, even though they live here and enjoy the fruits of our nation. I I have never understood that. I I I guess I never will understand that. But I want you to know that when this nation became a nation, whether your ancestors were already here or not, mine were, mine were already in this country when uh, we became a nation and certainly when the Constitution was ratified. When I look back over the years and uh, over where uh, my family came uh, from, the, the travel, how they travel to this current day through me and through my children, my grandchildren, and yes, I I have great-grandchildren now. I'm not that old, but I started very young, and uh, Jane and I did. And uh, But, but we, we have great-grandchildren now. And when I look at the opportunities that they enjoy in this nation, and I'm talking to you, wherever you are, and, and regardless of what your current situation in America is right now, the opportunities are, in fact, absolutely unlimited 
if you want to take advantage of them. I know that there is a tendency for progressive liberals to talk to us and uh, like to uh, feed us the line that uh, the color of our skin is something that uh, has been a blight and a sin on this nation for its 243-year history. But folks, I take a different approach to that. Yes, every family, every life uh, can point to dark places in their family and in their life. But the true story is always told in how you overcame the dark places in your life. The true story of America is told by our successes in this life, whether you're red, yellow, black, or white, every one of us, we have a story to tell. And I prefer to look at that story that America tells from a point of victory, a point of success and progress. When we think about the progress that America has made from our infancy to this present time, there is no other success story that can be told in the way that the American story has been told. Oh, I know that you can find fault with just about anything that you set your mind to finding fault with. I know that you can use just about any excuse that you want to use when it comes to uh, excuses and why uh, you or people that you know or people in general don't succeed at whatever it is that they put their hand to. But the fact of the matter is, folks, the opportunity is there now for everybody. And I can say this with absolute certainty of this nation. I can say this of absolute with absolute certainty of anybody living in this nation, regardless of what color your skin may be, where you came from, where you live. I am saying to you, and I'm saying it boldly, I'm saying it loudly so that everyone can hear it. And I hope that you, in fact, adhere to it. There is not one thing that if you want to achieve it in America today, that your station in life, the color of your skin would hinder you from being if, in fact, you want it to be it. It would not hinder you from doing it if, in fact, you want it to do it. There was, yes, a point in time in this nation where that may not have been true. But I declare to you, friends, that today in America, that is absolutely true. You can do, you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do in this country. Right now, as far as the economy is concerned, there has been an unleashing 
of opportunity throughout the fruited plains like never before. And on to talk with me now about the success story that is America is someone who I greatly admire for her work uh, with Cure. She is the founder and president of the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. She is an outspoken voice in this nation, often seen on any of the media platforms that you view regularly on television. And long before there was Walk Away or Blexit or anything of that nature, Star Parker was featured in a groundbreaking award-winning film, Runaway Slave, with myself and along with Dr. Thomas Sowell, Andrew Breitbart, you name them, they were in the film. Help me welcome back to the show my friend and someone who I greatly admire, Star Parker. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you, friend? I'm doing well. It's so good to be on with you. Thank you. Always glad to have you on as well, Star. I uh, want to kick off our conversation here by talking about uh, something that you were involved with last week, and that was the hearings on reparation. Why is this um, a, a uh, and a bad idea from your uh, perspective. Star, talk to us about it. Well, actually, I think it's a good idea that they keep bringing it up. I want them to bring up reparations in the hearing rooms here in Washington, D.C., so that uh, the nation will see just how desperate the Democrats are to try to hold on to what's left of the black community that keeps supporting them. Uh, this was just a political ploy. Uh, our office was down the hall from those hearings in the subcommittee on, on reparations uh, with the budget committee. Uh, talking about their poor people campaign and how they're going to now expand the welfare state even more to do much more damage to these poor communities, mostly because they're losing their grip on the black community. 22% are now polling as conservative, 8% vote with Republicans right now. If that additional 14% start to vote their values, the Democrats are going to lose absolutely everything, including the presidency again. So let them have at it. They want to have these kind of hearings and talk about the foolishness that they're doing here in Washington without really accomplishing uh, anything for the people. Let them go for it. Is it the policies of the now progressive liberal Democrat Party. I mean, it is absolutely solidly moving toward uh, social uh, progressivism, uh, even Marxism, as far as that party is concerned. Why is it they cannot see that the positions that they're taking as Democrats are no longer playing in Peoria? You know what I'm saying. Why? How? How is it that they're blind to well, that? Well, they star? do see. They know uh, with the internet that they can no longer just hold their grip on this particular community. But um, this has always been in the psyche of the Democrats. Remember, this is the party of slavery. This is the party of collectivism. This is the party that always wants to char uh, be in charge of other people's lives. They're just being exposed, and now they have these new young progressives who are saying, why are we even pretending we're not who we really are? They're it. We're, regardless of what Nancy Pelosi uh, and Joe Biden try to pretend, they're all the same. They've always been the same throughout their history. They just now are not getting away with it because they no longer control the narrative because they no longer control the media. I noticed that uh, a group of clergymen that you uh, put together did, in fact, confront Ilhan Omar, uh, who is a congressman there on the Hill. Uh, the rise of these types of candidates, and you can throw in Ocasio-Cortez, Beto 
O'Rourke, those types of people. The rise of these type people are, in fact, very pervasive. What have you formed this group of clergy that I am a part of, folks, uh, to what was the genesis of um, forming this? Why do you think that this could be effective? Well, the reason in general that we have a, a cure a clergy network uh, at our organization, we have three programs. We have our media program, we have our policy program, but we also have our clergy program because they're constantly polling in the black community at, at third of the community uh, that they do not believe in the values of progressivism, that they are evangelical and conservative. So what we're doing through Urban Cure is organizing them into an army uh, to equip them, to engage them, to educate them so that they can go back in their communities and build and get away from the welfare state, start dismantling the government's role uh, in charity. So that's one of the main reasons that we have that clergy network, and we meet here in Washington once a year. But the, to the specifics of what you're asking, why did we go into Omar's district is because Omar at that point was was putting out anti-Semitic comments. And we know that the black community, in a large degree, the evangelical Protestant community, supports Israel. So we went into her district to ask the Israel question, uh, to do the Israel test, so that her uh, constituents, those that elected her, would know what she's doing here in Washington, D.C., to undermine the very values that they hold dear. You know, Star, you founded uh, Cure, and folks, that is the Center uh, for Urban Renewal and Education. Star, let's go back to the the founding of this. What was the need uh, that you saw at the time that you founded this? Is the need still as great? Uh, Has it diminished? Uh, Give us the, the future of Cure and your vision for it. Well, the reason that I started Urban Cure is because I consulted on federal welfare reform. And when we were finished with federal welfare reform, um, I thought it uh, important to let the communities that it mattered to most uh, what we just did uh, to know about it. When you think about what had happened uh, as a nation for the government to get involved in the charity business and start building out a war on poverty and a welfare state, it really hurt the black community first uh, because it was the most vulnerable community in our country at the time. So after welfare reform, I started the organization to inform this particular population about the changes that we were making in federal law. Is there still a need? Absolutely there is, especially with these people talking about expanding the big welfare state and their little Medicare for all. Everybody already has Medicare for all. It's just you have to wait till you're 65 years old to get it. We don't need to lower that age uh, in order to accommodate people that think that they can run other people's lives. So yes, there's definitely a need. Now getting to the place where you asked um, what is being done today. The need is that we spend a quarter of our annual fiscal budget on these anti-poverty programs, a quarter of the budget, $900 billion a year, $22 trillion since the war on poverty began. So what's happening now? We have a president in town who wants to know what's going on and are the programs working and where they're not working, should we fix them? So we're energizing uh, the the whole of the society to get the government out of the charity business and, and get the clergy and the communities and the churches back engaged in other people's lives. Uh, what we've done over the last 50 years has not worked, and so all of that is being changed. So I'm on the exciting part uh, of this this reality. Our clergy has never been so active in our network and our policies and our media center simply because of the Trump administration. They built new energy in the American people that freedom is at stake and freedom is what we really all want. 
Well said. You know, folks, that is good news uh, coming from Star Parker, who is my special guest uh, in this segment. Star, um, when we look at uh, the need of for organizations like yours, and I, folks, let me tell you, there's a great need for organizations like Cure. I, I, I'm going to ask Star how, if you're inclined to help her, how you can do it, because, folks, I know that Star is loved by millions of people around the nation. Uh, the the love gives a thrill. There's no question about it. But the love, folks, hey, just hear me. It doesn't pay the bills. We need money. Organizations like Cure needs money. And you, if you, you're all on board with what Star is saying, uh, do more than just pat her on the head and, and on the back and all this type thing and say, at a girl, go for it, you know, that type of thing. No, uh, you need to know how you can become engaged. Star, uh, tell the folks how to become engaged with Cure if they're inclined to help you. Well, that'd be wonderful because we are a 501c3 nonprofit tax exempt organization and we take no government money. In fact, we want the government out of the charity business and God fearing decent people in. So they can send their tax deductible donation to urbancure.org. Just visit us at urbancure.org. If they go to Star Parker, they're going to find me, starparker.com, which will uh, connect to urbancure.org. Uh, uh, we're a couple million dollar organization at this point. We have about 12 people working full time. Uh, we own blackcommunitynews.com which gets the messaging out to about 2 million uh, that haven't heard uh, the conservative side of the story. So any and everything that can be done financially is, is, is being put into a very wonderful organization, if I must say so myself. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, when we come back, Star, I hope you can stay with me through uh, this short break that's uh, coming up. We're about a minute and a half away from the break. When we come back, I want to ask Star Parker, who is my guest with me uh, in this segment, uh, about the 22, maybe 23 uh, progressive liberal Democrats, not all of them, maybe, I don't know, uh, who are running against Donald Trump. I'm going to ask her this question. Is there an Obama-like messiah among them any place? I'm going to ask her about Joe Biden. I want to ask her also about the job that this president is doing. And before we're off with her, I want to ask her about uh, the, well, homelessness in Los Angeles. I know that Star uh, travels to both coast and she's familiar with both coast. And I, I want to ask her about uh, that homeless situation that does exist so pervasively among uh, black women, children and men on Skid Row in Los Angeles. Years ago when I lived there, uh, most of the faces on Skid Row, I, I worked at, um, uh, ministered at the uh, Union rescue mission uh, there uh, on Fifth Street. And uh, most of the faces were white men. Most of them were white men. Of course, that's been uh, nearly 35 years ago when I lived out there. Now, those faces are decidedly black. Uh, Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, is in deep trouble right now. In fact, there's recall that's being launched against him. We're going to return with a lot of conversation as we build the bridge to conversation here on the C.L. Bryan Show. And remember, if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not. And every hour on the Red State Talk billboard, the C.L. Bryan Show does pop up there in Times Square 24 hours a day. And old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you. 
Don't go anywhere as we come to you live throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known over the largest talk platform in the country, Red State Talk Radio. And to all of you who replay the show throughout the Fruited Plains, thank you. We'll be back after these words. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth So you clean me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrifice Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. Independence Day is one week away. 243 years of independence in this nation that we will celebrate on the 4th of July. That song that you heard in the roll-in was D-Rock. D-Rock, his latest release, I Am an American. I was blessed to um, lend my voice to the opening of that song. You can pick it up wherever music is sold and wherever you are in your backyard at the beach, park, lake, recreational facilities. Be sure to play that one loud and proud. So pick it up. D-Rocks, I am an American. My special guest this segment has been and is my friend, Star Parker. She is the founder and president of the Center for Urban Renewal and Education, Simply Cure. And uh, when we left, Star, I wanted to uh, get your ideas on um, how this president is doing, first of all, and then the 22, 23 dwarfs that are running against him. Is there a messiah like uh, Obama or, or a messiah-like character like Obama that might be able to actually challenge him? Is that person Joe Biden. Star, talk to us about it. Well, I think we all know that Joe Biden is just a straw man to hold the place for uh, that particular uh, candidate that will be anointed to carry the water and the banner for uh, the legacy of Barack Obama, as well as for the legacy of the Democrats, those that want to control other people's lives, those that want to promote abortion of every instance, those that want to expand the role of government, those that hate God. Uh, and I'm going to say that because they do in all of their policies. It's God or government, and they choose government every time. And yes, I think that there is. I think that's the Kamala Harris. And that's why she doesn't get much attention while she's raising multiple millions of dollars and keeping low key. So that's the pony that I will be watching on the debates this week uh, to see how well she fares, how much press she gets, uh, or are they going to hold back until 
uh, they give her more momentum next next year so that we then are, it's too late for us to try to stop her. But I think that this is the candidate we should be watching, we should be exposing, uh, and we should be concerned about. She does have that uh, quality of um, uh, charisma. It's one of those intangibles that uh, a candidate has to bring uh, to the arena. I don't think Joe Biden has it uh, at all. And so let's, uh, along with Star, watch uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, how do you think you and I, Star, uh, full disclosure, folks, are both unashamed, unabashed Christians. We are, are Christ followers. We're disciples of Christ. And uh, even though uh, we hold our conservative principles and values, fiscal responsibility is something that's in the forefront of that, but also our faith. Star, is there actually a, 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 a real defined attack on religious liberty in this country, or is that just us being hysterical? Talk to us about that. Well, I don't know if it's hysteria. If you look out at, uh, of your window and every public property, all of the hotels have bought into this whole uh, rainbow flag, this so-called proud flag. When you think about flags and their symbols. Uh, to me, the rainbow flag is similar to the Confederate flag, that it sends out certain messaging, and the messaging of the rainbow flag is no Christians allowed. And yet they've gotten the entire uh, uh, corporate sector to bow, to bow to their flag and to promote that LGBTQ agenda. If it doesn't get any clearer than that, then you wonder how is it that all of our uh, private institutions that have been serving the poor, uh, whether it's the homeless shelters and or our adoption services and all the others that have been serving in these areas are now in court uh, because of this LGBTQ uh, community. Of course, God's principles are under attack. We've been seeing this since even with the so-called Roe v. Wade, the opportunity to kill what he calls his reward. Um, so, yeah, the list is getting too long about how the left has exposed themselves on what their hidden agenda has always been, which is to replace God and to replace God's people in the public square. Then when we look at a, a candidate, then, uh, Star Parker, uh, like Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, uh, is he like Joe Biden, someone who has his time come? Is America ready for this type of candidate? Do you expect him to get uh, traction? Uh, how do you see that candidacy? I see it faltering. I see the, the left-wing um, media promoting him to prepare the people for someone like him in the future, the same way they started getting all of the American people that watch sitcoms on TV to laugh at that stuff so that they can promote the agenda and change the time-tested definition of marriage. No, this is just another one of their ploys to, to test the people to see what their resolve is and how much they're going to push back. He has no traction. He can't even manage his own uh, little town. Uh, South Bend is falling apart right now on race questions. They just had a police shooting. They've been having police problems in that town for a long time. Their economy is in the tank, and, and yet the media has chosen him to be their poster boy of what we should do uh, in our society next. Now, this is a direct assault against the 100 million Americans that get up in this country and go to church every Sunday morning. And if those 100 million Americans that get up and go to church on Sunday morning don't take what's at stake very seriously when they go into the voting booth next election cycle, then we will see a future of a Mayor um, Pete 
Butt gigs, or however you say it. <laughs> yeah, I had problems with I, it. I say butt gigs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, star. It I, I, I'll call you offline. Uh, there was uh, an incident in uh, the airport. I, I just came back in the airport, and there were some young people who were really having a blast with, with his last name. But anyway, we'll talk about that at another time. Let's okay. talk about this. Okay. Star, let me ask you now about something that is incredibly serious, and uh, perhaps there is agenda behind it that is homelessness in america and uh, the epicenter it appears for homelessness in this country is uh los angeles california how do we account for that type of blight uh, having occurred in los angeles a progressive liberal city that it touts itself as being a lover of minorities and minority causes how is it then that you see this type of atrocity that is going on in the streets of los angeles talk to us and many streets across the country three things happen two on a national scale that we should be incredibly concerned about number one the government doesn't belong in the housing business and so when you have government involved in housing business the the, the price of houses are distorted and so therefore uh, they start to go up number two family collapse uh, for the first time in the history of the country uh, two years ago we saw the numbers that we have more adults unmarried than married so when you have two needing one spot the prices go up it's a question of supply and demand and we've had that marriage collapse and family collapse. But number three, get into the specifics on these progressive areas where we're seeing homelessness take over entire cities is because of law. When you have local law that does not enforce lo no loitering laws and you have local laws that accommodate uh, people that just sit out and hang out, then you're going to get more of it. And that's what happened in Los Angeles. When you think about, in contrast, New York, for instance, when Mayor um, uh, oh, his name is slipping my mind. We all know him. He's the, the people's mayor. He's a part of the Trump administration. Um, when he when when he was in charge of of um, of New York City, he he incorporated a concept called um, broken windows. It's a concept of of a, a sociologist named James Q. Wilson. And what Wilson and his colleagues determined that there's this uh, um, economic concept of broken windows that if you broke if a break of window and you don't fix it immediately you're going to have another broken window and if you have another broken window and you don't fix that the next thing you know you're going to have squatters in that place you're going to have fire the same is true of litter if you don't immediately clean up the litter that's been dropped uh, then you're going to have more litter you start allowing for litter to stay you're going to have entire communities that have homeless people living outside of the street and that's what happened Giuliani that's his name so when Mayor Giuliani was in charge of New York he implemented that the particular concept, and that's the reason you didn't see the homeless crises in New York at that time, and you didn't see the littering and the loitering and all that is now a part of New York, a part of Los Angeles, a part of San Francisco, a part of Seattle. You think Los Angeles is bad. Seattle is competing with Los Angeles. We have about four minutes left in the interview, Star, but I can't let you get away without uh, speaking to illegal immigration. Is that a contribution to the overall problem uh, that the black community and all of community in America uh, is facing? speak to that. 
Yeah, illegal immigration is a problem on a whole lot of fronts, including, as you're mentioning, about the homeless situation. When someone breaks into someone else's country and they don't have um, connections, resources, family, uh, then what are they going to do? They're going to just loiter outside like everybody else. So that's why you're starting to see increases uh, in families, as you mentioned, women and children now on the streets and passing diseases like what's happening in uh, in Los Angeles. I mean, to see typhoid again is just incredible uh, challenge, and the rats are just absolutely out of control uh, in those types of cities. But another place that doesn't get as much attention where this illegal population is distorting our realities here in our country is in that middle income range of employment. When you think about people that don't speak the language of a country, being able to come in and keep their native language, uh, you start displacing the American that would be working in areas of, of, of social services, whether it's the police departments or the hospitals or the, and now in the private sector, because you've got to be bilingual to serve this particular public. And therefore, the jobs that used to be held by middle-class African-Americans are being displaced now by Latinos who speak a dual language just to accommodate this new reality of people that just do not speak the, 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 the English uh, or the law of the, or the language of the land. Uh, this is an incredible problem that it doesn't get as much attention as it should. My guest is Star Parker. Star, tell us once more how we can help you, how the audience across the Fruited Plains can be of help to Cure. That is the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. Star is the founder and president of Cure. If you're inclined to help her, Star, tell, her, tell us how we can do that. Well, we're urbancure.org. We have a policy summit coming up this um September, we'd like to get 200 black pastors to Washington, D.C. They're paying $250. If we can get a matching grant from your audience, people that'll put 250 to get these pastors to Washington, D.C., so they get this regular diet of conservative information, we'd appreciate it. But any gift, large or small, is welcome on urbancure.org. 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 Star, continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are. I can't tell you how good it was to have you on with me. I'll be talking to you here in the days to come. God bless you. God keep you. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye now. All right. Thank you, CL. Bye. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. That was my guest, Star Parker, my good friend, too. And I want uh, you to know that, you see, there is a message that has been coming from black conservatives for a long time now. If you don't believe it, just get pick up my film. Look at it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, Amazon Prime. You can get the documentary Runaway Slave. Star uh, Andrew Breitbart, uh, even Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson's in this film. Uh, Glenn Beck, Alveda King, Herman Cain, Alan West are in this film. And a host of other black conservatives are in this film long before there was Walkaway or Blexit or anything of that nature. There were those of us who had to run away from that progressive liberal plantation. And the story is documented in my movie, Runaway Slave. Go to Amazon Prime on your smart TVs and be sure to watch that. Hey, you can watch it tonight.
on Amazon Prime in the comfort of your own home. I'm CL. This is the CL Brian Show. We have much more coming up in the second hour. If you don't get the second hour, you be sure to download the free CL Brian Show app onto your iPhone or Android device, your favorite device, whatever it is. Download it to your computer and listen to us daily. Two hours a day is all we ask as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here. The greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And that is America. I'll be back after the news. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.